It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here uh, on our third episode of the Love and Tosha theme. Um, we'll be talking about his film, We Don't Belong Here, from 2017. Um, it is one of his last uh, movies. I think it is his it's official last. last film. Yeah. Because um, Thoroughbreds was really close to being the last as well, I thought. But um, we both saw Thoroughbreds, but neither of us had seen We Don't Belong Here. So that was our pick for the week. Corey uh, selected that one. Um, before we get into our full review, uh, welcome to the show. If you've never listened to the podcast before, the premise was started a few years ago now that we wanted to close our gap list. There was a lot of movies that we both owned and movies that we really wanted to see, but we just never took the time to watch. And this podcast makes sure that we do that at least once a week, um, which last week for me, this is almost the only thing I did watch. I had a real busy week last week and mm. uh, didn't get to watch much else. But we'll talk about that because before we get into our review, Corey and I like to discuss what, what's what been going on in our lives and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how's your week been? Much better than last. I mean, I know it's only Monday, so let's not get ahead of ourselves, but True. Uh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm ready for spring. How are you? Um, I, you know, um, I've had a pretty busy week, as I mentioned. Um, I have a few like changes happening in my, in my life that I think are going to be positive. Um, some cool opportunities, uh, have opened up that I think is going to free up a little bit of my time because I have been a little strapped for time recently. And I, I hope these uh, changes are going to alleviate a little bit of that. Um, last week was just a combination of, of real life things and, um, some things that I really wanted to do. But also, like, it it messed up my normal routine, and so that made me feel overwhelmed, even though it really wasn't any more. It was just, like, things that I usually do. Like, I usually go to a movie on Thursday nights for the opening night movie, um, mm-hmm. and it was a, a good friend of mine's birthday. And so um, I went and played Magic. We, we went to dinner, and then we played Magic with, like, a, the friend group, and it was great. And I really wanted to do it, but it made me feel off because I didn't do my normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um and and then on Saturday, when I was I would usually try to see either a second movie or if I had missed the Thursday movie, I would go to another I'd go then. Right. Um, I went to a comedy special that I really wanted to go to, but it still was like not my normal routine. And then uh, to, to I woke up. I also had to work like really early on Saturday morning. Like usually when I work part time at this uh, the retail job that I have. Um, my third job listeners, uh, because teachers don't get paid enough and student loan debt is a real thing. And, um, I had to work at like seven on Saturday, which is like the earliest I've ever had to work Ooh. on a Saturday. And I worked eight hours and then I, I went right to the gym when I got off work. Cause I knew I was going to the comedy special. And then when my wife got home, um, she wanted to go like have a night out since we were going to the comedy thing, she wanted to go out. And so, um, I didn't know that was a part of our plan. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of Orlando traffic and or shopping. Um, and also on a Saturday, on a Saturday, Corey, that's exactly right. And so rather than making me go to the mall, which I think she could tell, I was like super anxious about that, that premise. Um, she decided she wanted to check out this, like, uh, it's like a outlet type store, like Ross, but a 
junkier version called Dee's. What? Yeah, apparently it's a chain, right? And it's like spelled the two letter D's. There's not like D E E D E. It's just D D. Letter D, letter D. And it was awful. Discounted uh, duds. I don't know. I hate I hate Ross. I do too. And this was worse. Um, I would have rather been at Ross. So, uh, yeah, it, it was so that I was like frustrated from that. But we did find this really cool hipster ish burger place uh, next to the comedy place we went to um, called Hop Dottie. Not to give them a shout out. I'm sure they're a chain and they probably will sue me even. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I have told you I've gotten into like really spicy stuff lately. Yeah. So I, they had uh, an El Diablo burger with um, it came with habaneros okay. and serrano peppers on it I'll with eat pepper serrano. jack cheese. Damn. Um, so yeah, I love pepper jack cheese. But <laughs> I so too. I got that. But instead of the Angus patty, I got the uh, chicken, the ground chicken patty because I I try to eat healthier, um, even when I'm eating kind of bad. And I, we got sweet potato fries to share, which mm. they they had this chipotle aioli that came oh. with it and. Oh man, Corey. Kathy was like, she stole it at first, and then the dude got us some more. But I really enjoyed like the atmosphere. The guy was really friendly. Like he was it's not like a waiter per se, because you order it's it's very much like Burger 21. I don't know if that's something in in uh Idaho or not. Um, but like you you order at the the, the walk-up counter and then they do bring you your food, but you don't order at the table like a, a normal restaurant you would, would do. So it's more in line like that. Um they have a lot of cool options for their patties and uh they have like like i don't know what to call it it's like not name brand soda it's like name brand but not it's like indie soda is that a thing can you call like (laughs) you know what i mean it's not pepsi and coke it's like some like other brand that i've never heard of before on their soda fountain and it was fine like did they have diet soda or they did have a zero soda which is what i drank it was fine not as good as coke zero i am a a avid coke zero drinker um when i drink soda and let's say you uh, don't drink soda I, I've been drinking it more because of my obsession with Coke Zero and my lack of sweets. So, like, that is my sweet. I still don't okay. drink it as, like, my go-to. I drink a lot of decaf coffee. but Because um, last I knew you had given up soda, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I had for, I think, a solid two years. A long much. time. Minus, like, the occasional, like, I'm at a movie theater with Kathy, so I'll share the soda kind of thing. Um, always diet or, or zero and uh david who's our editor for burke reviews kind of convinced me to to allow myself a coke zero as my sweet substitute so like when i really get a craving i actually like coke zero cherry the most Mm. um and it's it's not bad i know everyone will say oh soda's bad for you no matter what like you're right whatever i'm drinking diet coke don't but it's still it's still better than uh one regular soda and two it's serving a function that i currently need and it's it's it is helping again i don't i try not to drink it excessively um i do drink way too much decaf coffee but it is decaf so what i understand is that it's okay Um, (laughs) and especially because i know that you don't put a lot of junk in it either it's fine uh, i'm down to almost nothing in my coffee (gasps) i I do like one one packet of stevia uh for a big mug i love stevia so i do too i don't Um, understand people who say that like it has a weird aftertaste. I even as soon as I started drinking my tea or my coffee with stevia, I never had an aftertaste. It has a unique taste, and I like the taste. It's delicious. So like, um, but I uh, Publix had the uh, na- like the name brand on sale, like buy one get one free yesterday, and I bought like I I used to buy just the packets, and then I realized like I could just buy like the little container, 
um, and you use like a spoon to get the, the stevia out. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for a couple of weeks with like the Publix brand or the Walmart brand. I, mean, I got the official like stevia brand and it has two sides on its little container. One is like, you know, a big spoon goes inside, but the other side is a little cut out pour thing. So you can just pour it on the spoon. And I'm now like, I'm broken. I could never buy the, the off brands. Cause no I'm like, this generic. is great. Cause I was always stressed <laughs> out about like after my first cup, I didn't want to put the wet spoon into the stevia and like wreck this. You know what I mean? Like when it gets like clumps and stuff. So I've always been like kind of apprehensive about it. And now that I'm like, well, this is the thing. Like, why isn't this on all big containers of sugar? This is so convenient. So yeah, either the, either I will always buy the name brand or I will keep this container and pour the off brand into it so I can use the little nozzle thing because it is super convenient. Um, yeah. the, the little things, guys, it's the little things. But um, I did see Mike Birbiglia stand up. Uh, and I want to talk about that for just a minute because I've been a huge fan of Mike Birbiglia for several years now, probably going on like eight or nine years. I've been a fan of his. Um, I've, I've seen all of his films that he's directed to uh, sleepwalk with me. And um, don't think twice. I love both of those films. I, I love his stand up albums. I just watched. Uh, in fact, this is a good transition into um, what we've been watching because I watched his Netflix special from last year called the new one. Um, which I adore. It's more of like a one-man show, and that's kind of always been his MO. He is a stand-up, but he does um, a full narrative. Like every special he has, there's a, a overarching narrative to the story, and then there's stories along the way that he does like tangentially, but ultimately always goes back to that main arc. And um, he's just an exceptional storyteller. I love his uh, personality. I definitely, in my teaching, I mimic some of his uh, like mannerisms and phrases because he's so quirky and it fits with my quirkiness um and it was great to finally get to see him live he was amazing live uh and you can tell it's called working it out so you could tell it was like new materials getting ready probably for his next big special um he's just you know testing some stuff and there were a few parts where he like broke character kind of where he just kind of like included um information like at some point he said a, a person's name and he's like and that's his real name i'm gonna have to change that before we get to the special <laughs> um like that kind of thing so like little little nods like that where he kind of acknowledged that he's working through sets and um i i just i had a great time unfortunately Corey, Uh-oh. i tend to attract awful people sitting weirdies i attract weirdies too so the table behind us is there for their own enjoyment um, and I don't mean like of the show. I just mean like in general, they're, so like, they're there to make each other laugh. Uh-huh. So the guy, I, I can tell immediately he's he's going to be an a-hole because the opener comes out, the, the MC even, not the opener. The, the MC comes out and he immediately has this attitude of like, uh, make me earn my laughter. Like not like, oh, I'm sure you're a comedian, so I'll just enjoy the show. He's almost like, prove to me that you're worth my time attitude. And then him and the people behind they they kind of are like commenting on everything and like like oh that's like us oh that's like this and it's like oh my god keep it inside like there's other people you're literally sitting like there's a three inch wall separating me and the table that's slightly elevated above me so he's like literally above my head and when Berbiglia comes out he finally is apparently he's impressed enough that he doesn't have to keep saying things that like oh that's a good one like he did for the other two comedians but he then develops a snort. Oh God, I snort like, sometimes. Oh no, Corey. I know a lot of people who snort. My wife can snort on occasion, and I snort on occasion. I think if something's funny enough, it's not impossible. I'm saying every laugh was a snort, and not one, 
like a series of snorts, as though he was laughing through his nose. And I, at some point, I thought Kathy was going to reach across the table and sm slap the guy, but didn't. Um, but I did. At one point, she looked back at him hard. I'm like, just turn around, please. Like, I don't need to no. get into a confrontation with this guy. But otherwise, it was great. Uh, good show. And I enjoyed it. And I know you went to a couple of concerts last week, right? Yes. Um, two nights in a row. And I just can't come to terms with the fact that I feel old afterwards because <clears throat> they both went to like a uh, like 10 30 and i finally just had to peace out because i had to drive home and wind down and all that so i saw courtney barnett's just her and her guitar um on tuesday and she was freaking amazing and we had the best spots ever i'm sure everyone like five three three quarters <laughs> like i really have to get posted up somewhere so i can see um which is really fun, funny because my friend is like, I think, six feet tall that I was with. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so he found us a good spot so I could see. Um, and then the next day I saw Dweezil Zappa and uh, his band was freaking amazing. Um, I'm really bad with names, but the girl, the lady in his band, she played like six instruments and she was just, I couldn't watch anybody else on stage but her. She, like, played saxophone, and I think that it's such, like, a gift if you can play non-cheesy saxophone. Like, I just really don't like that instrument. I think that Mike Birbiglia has a really funny bit about Kenny G and his saxophone. Oh, God! Right? It's, like, always cheesy! Um, I let, like, Bruce Springsteen's band get away with it and stuff, but she was playing everything, and she was fantastic. And, uh, Yeah. And then, yeah, I'll go into what else I've been watching. Yeah, go for it. I, I do have one more movie, but uh, go, I technically already talked about uh, the new one. But I'd like to hear what you've been watching, and then I'll share my other movie that I watched. Okay. Um, we started watching The Outsider on HBO. So we've watched episode one and two so far, and it's really good. I needed a comfort movie last week, so I rewatched Ghost World. And I don't... I know that you've watched it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you enjoy it. Yes. What was it again? Ghost World. Oh, yes. Uh, it's been a while since. Wait, yeah, that's the comic book movie, right? Like the yeah. the two girls. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was actually just like staring at that movie uh, the, on Amazon Prime the other day. Like that's that's a movie I need to rewatch. Yeah, I was like, I just want to watch something that I like and that, you know. So I watched that, and I there's just something about the ending to that movie that gets me in the feels. It's like a punch to the gut and the heart simultaneously. Um, mm. And then I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries, and I can't remember <laughs> what day this is. Um, not like the remake, guys, because I don't know who they have like narrating that, but it's a joke. I only watched the ones with Robert Stack. But I think that all the seasons are on Prime, if anybody else is interested. And then I, at some point, watched My Bloody Valentine. Oh, wow. Like the yeah. original from 1981, guys. Oh, th I think that that... I can't remember if that's on Prime or on Shudder, but... I think it was on Shudder. I feel like you had already mentioned that, but maybe I'm I wrong. I can't remember. I knew that I talked to you about it, and then... I don't know. I just work here. No, yeah, it's it's hard to keep track. Um, I mean, it's not like there's some social media site that I've been. Talking I about knew, mm -hmm. I knew you were gonna say something. <laughs> I don't want to. It's, it's so convenient, and you I can don't just want click to. a button, and then it's no. right there. It even tells you what day. Um, I'm just being defiant. 
I know it's I, I get really tired of this with people in general. <laughs> like I know. Like, here's, I just here's the solution. No, like, I'm good. no. I mean, seriously, I just want to delete all my social media. If there, I don't want to. I don't want to be tied to anything on my phone. And I feel like that's just where I'm at in my life now. But there's a web based version too. Like you don't have to <sighs> be on your phone. You can do it from the computer. Um, I'm never on my computer. Only when we record more once a week. Well. Birds of Prey is what I saw, which is interesting. Um, My daughter and I went yesterday, and the original title is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, but IMDb is saying that it's officially just called Birds of Prey now, so I'm I'm not sure. In the title credits, it still says the whole title, and Letterboxd still says the whole title, but, um, you know, I've been up and down with the DCEU. Um, My daughter really actually enjoyed it. I... I was not enjoying it at first, and it it won me over a little bit by the end. I still say it's like a three out of five, um, but it's more fun than not. Um, there was a few scenes that I felt like it went on way too long, and I can't deny Margot Robbie is great. Um, I really like the actress playing uh, Dinah Lane, um, Jereen Smollett Bell, who I've not seen in anything. Except for apparently she's in Jack, which she must be like a baby in that movie because Jack is super old. Um, yeah, I haven't watched. There's several movies on here that I, I've been meaning to watch. Actually, she's in Eve's Bayou, The Great Debaters, um, Gridiron Gang, and Hands of Stone, all of which I've had on my watch list for a long oh. time. And then uh, she's in Roll Bounce, apparently, which is, uh, I think, a Netflix original that was supposed to be pretty good. Oh, that's definitely not a Netflix original because that's from 2005. So I don't know what that. I I don't know it, but is that Little Bow Wow? That's Nick Cannon. No, it's not Little Bow Wow. Um, but Nick Cannon's in it, so you know whatever. But um, she was in True yeah. Blood. Uh, I'm looking at Letterbox. It doesn't show TV, so there you go. I don't I don't oh. know that show, but I liked her. Um, Ewan McGregor is really interesting in it. Uh, Rosie Perez is good. It, it's it's. Not bad. That's all I can say. I think that's the better compliment is that it's not bad. It's um, it could be, it could be worse, and oh God, it's better than not. Suicide Squad. Um, I don't but, know if you yeah, could be worse. So that's, I, I try not to be. Um, but that's what we've been watching. Uh, I haven't really. I've watched some YouTube stuff. Uh, I've watched a lot of episodes of Hot Ones because that's my current obsession on YouTube. Um and it's great and it's uh i don't know if you've ever watched the hot ones like the hot wing thing i keep talking about but i watched um a few really good ones this week including uh alton brown from the food network who i've I've always been a really big fan of and his was really great because it comes with like a real culinary perspective and he handles the heat like a boss like it does not bother him at all because oh yeah Mm -hmm. um and then i watched uh i don't know if you ever watched man versus food um, no. But that dude did an episode. Man vs. Food is a really cool. It's I don't I think they still show reruns on the Travel Channel. But um, this dude Adam I think was his name would go to uh, various like dives or restaurants that have like challenges. You know like um, eat ten nuclear hot wings and you get a T-shirt or uh, finish this giant milkshake in two minutes or less and get a pro- get your picture on the wall. And he would just do these food challenges all over the country. And I think even I think they did like an international at some point. And it was a really cool series. He got into some like internet heat at some point because he said something. I don't remember if it was racist or sexist or something a few years back, and it kind of like shut the show down or whatever. But um, I think he kind of apologized and did the right thing with it afterwards. But his episode of Hot Ones is really good. And then um, 
like Michael B. Jordan's is great. Like there's just, they're really, they're good interviews and they're entertaining and, uh, they've made me appreciate some celebrity more. And I haven't watched it yet, but Margot Robbie did one last week, uh, with, in preparation of birds of prey. And I've heard it's really good. I haven't, I haven't got to it yet, but it's on my radar for sure. Um, and I think that concludes the pre review episode. We are a little bit on a time crunch. We don't want to fall too long, but on the bright side, um, I don't think we've got a whole lot to say about this particular movie. Um, let's get into, uh, we don't belong here. Um, it's a 2017 film. As we mentioned, this is after Anton had died, but it was already shot beforehand. Often not a good sign. It has a crazy great cast. Uh, it's rated R. A matriarch of a dysfunctional family is pushed to her tipping point by the disappearance of her son. I don't feel like that's an accurate description of what this I movie don't, is. No, no, no. I don't know who um, wrote that synopsis. Yeah. I don't think they watched the movie. It's barely in there. That's a, that's a part of it, but it's not the main part of it. Um, it stars Catherine Keener, who is amazing um, in certain roles. She's not amazing in this. Uh, Anton Yelchin, who's amazing. Uh, he's barely in this. Um, it's uh, Riley Keough, who I've become a major big fan of. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about her much, but she is a tremendous talent. And everything I've seen her in, she's just outstanding. And I do think she's the best part of this movie. Still barely in it. Um, Caitlin, Caitlin Dever, who is in Booksmart and was terrific in that. She's fine in this. I think she's got the most to do in this movie. Um, you know who I thought the worst in this was? Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Oh, my God. Was she in Ugh. the right movie? I don't know what was going on with her character. And to be fair, I don't know that it was her performance as much as maybe bad casting and bad writing because she's a therapist. And holy crap, some of the stuff she says to the kid. I'm like, are you is this what's happening? I don't understand what this I could take doing. it better than you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Justin Chatwin, who I like in um, I think he's on. Uh, that one show that my wife likes, Shameless. Yeah, he's on oh, Shameless, yeah, he and I, I really like him there. Um, he's done some really bad movies, including the fact that Dragon Ball Evolution is on his top four. What the hell? Who would put that on their top four? That's one of the worst movies ever. Um, I like him on Shameless. I hated him here uh, when he was on screen. He was not good. I actually like Maya Rudolph a bit in this, and I, I like her anyways, but I liked her in this. I feel like it was weird. She was the most down-to-earth character yeah, the only one who seemed like a real person. <laughs> yes, everyone else. Which I don't. I think that's what the movie's going for, but I don't know that everyone was on the same page with it. And then Carrie no. Ellis, who I usually love, was kind of wasted in this movie. Um, his role is weird and it's the only messed screen up, time they could afford. Maybe, but um, I think listener, if you're getting the vibe, Corey and I did not enjoy this movie. I just assumed Corey didn't, and I'm I, I confirmed it quickly with a few little. Well, when I said I don't think I have much to say, <laughs> I feel like Corey I was, was like, baited. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Um. I I was like, and I I had no hard feelings about this pick because this was a logical <sighs> pick. We've seen most of his movies. Yeah. We're we're just getting the outliers. This is being his final one. I think is a good one to check off of our list. Um. But man, uh, it was a slog. It's only an hour and 32 minutes and I was dying for it to end. I was I like, was please. So end. Bored. Can yeah. I tell you a secret? Yes, please. I kept falling asleep and I think I kept rewinding it to oh, <laughs> like, make sure I saw everything. But yeah, I don't really know. I, I was, was definitely so distracted at times. Like at some point I was like, you know what? I'm looking at my phone. Like, I don't care. Um, I was like, oh, this is a good time to lay down on the couch. I... I was really fighting to get through this movie. Um, and 
I mean, so I, I whenever I do like feel like I didn't give the movie all of my attention, which, by the way, we own this movie now, folks, and I'm not happy about that. Um, I'm not like super mad because I definitely own other movies I don't like, but I definitely wouldn't have bought this had I seen it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this this movie is. Um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh. There's nothing out there about this movie that I could find video wise. I didn't do a good job of like looking for articles, but I was like, I don't even know if I could read about this movie right now, but there's like no videos on YouTube breaking this movie down. Like nobody seems to have seen this film. It does not have a critic uh, rating for Metacritic. It just has the IMDb user score. And even that there's only 600 reviews for IMDb. That's insanely small. Like usually for a movie on IMDb, like it's got thousands of reviews because it's everyone who ever looks at it can rate it real fast. This only has 600. So most people have no clue what this film is and they're kind of lucky. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Um, I should note the, uh, the, I didn't mention the director. The director's name is, uh, Pierre Peterson. Um, he does not appear to have any other directing credits. No, he does not. Uh, this is also his only writing credit. He has five producer credits, um, none of which I've seen any of. Um, it is, you know, it's a shame. It's, it's, I'll say it's got like a uh, ambitious, like attempt of storytelling. It's, it's trying to do weird things. Like it's definitely messing with time. Um, the movie kind of opens where it ends. Uh, it bounces around, which I thought was a little confusing at times of where we were it, within the story. Even um, with tr- what happens, like something that mm-hmm. does happen seems to not happen at all. And I still don't know why. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. And that I, w- I definitely want to talk about because that's like insane. Uh, again, like Anton's character, because um, that's really why we watch this is because of Anton. He's not the lead. He's a very minor part in this movie. I would say Lily, which is Caitlin Dever's character, is the lead character. And she is trying to deal with her family. Oh, Um. And I guess her other sister is Annie Stark, I should say, uh, even though she's she's in it more than a lot of the other people. But I don't know who she is. So, no. Um, also, I wanted to say that apparently before Caitlin Dever uh, signed on, that Kiernan Shipka was supposed to play her part. And then she backed out. I'm not sure why, but I'm who glad she again? wasn't in this movie. Um, she played Sally in Mad Men and she's Sabrina hmm. from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I've not watched either of those two series, but I've heard oh God, good things about both. Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch Mad Men uh, real hard. But um, so ultimately, uh, what if you're new to the podcast, we do a spoiler free review, which you just heard. And then we like to get into spoilers. Um, there's not much to spoil here, but we'll still give our warning. So, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about we don't belong here in great detail. You've been warned. OK, so my favorite part of the movie is when Riley Keough sings. And like it's like a music video, or it's like blue, and it's great. She's she's such a good actress. Um, I don't know if you've seen her in other stuff, but she's in Logan Lucky. I forget she's in Mad Max. She's one of the the women. Oh I guess. yeah. Um, she's excellent in American Honey. She's uh really good in It Comes at Night. Um, uh, man, there's another movie I saw her in that I thought was just terrific. Apparently, she's on an episode of Riverdale. Didn't know that. Oh, she's in Hold the Dark, the uh, last Jeremy Saulnier film. Oh, um, oh yeah, she's, she's the mom she's the mom uh she was in two movies i haven't seen yet from last year or technically 2018 the under the silver lake and the house that jack built both of which i want to watch um she's really just been super consistent oh my god let's add them both to our list somewhere 
Yep. Um. Yeah, because one's got Billy Crudup in it, and it's supposed to be super twisted. Oh, I'm sorry, not Billy Crudup. I keep doing that. Matt Dillon and Andrew Garfield. Uh, Under the Silver Lake is on Prime. I know that. Um, the house that Jack built is not yet free anywhere, but it is uh, directed by um, Lars von Trier, and he's the director I've not gotten into because he's supposed to be super crazy. Uh, like I believe he did the Nymphomaniac movies. Um, he's he's an artsy like up there oh. director. It's just one I've not explored much of. <laughs> He did Antichrist, which I'm pretty sure Mike told us about, but he told us to be Correct. cautious yeah. and ready. Oh, and he did Melancholia, Melancholia, uh, which I haven't watched that, but just I, I didn't really see these movies. I just read on Kiao's uh, bio that she's the eldest grandchild of the legendary singer Elvis Presley and actress Priscilla Presley. Oh my God, get out of here. I had no clue. Man, um, the talent. I didn't really so here here's what I think about this movie is how do you get all of these actors that well that I've seen them in they're good mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. then they're good just talent. not good in this movie well they're playing it's such a like dour sad film um, but I feel right? like uh, no one was very good at portraying what they were supposed to be portraying um yeah uh Agreed. Agreed. Um, I mean, again, I keep pointing out like the the minimal amount that this movie has done as far as like people seeing it They're, on my letterbox. I follow several hundred critics on letterbox and only two of them have watched it. Damn. And only one of them bothered to write anything. And they gave it three stars out of out of five. Um, okay. I feel like that's they like they like Molly Shannon and Maya Rudolph. I agree. <sighs> I think this movie is going to get um, they really like R- Riley Keough, who I agree with. Um, Anton's not bad, but yeah, it's just not fantastic. My favorite thing about their review of this movie is the suggestion that Riley Keough and Ryan Gosling do a musical with Damien Chazelle. And I'm like a hundred percent in on that idea. Um, I should give credit to this critic. Uh, Taylor Baker is their name and they are on letterbox. Um, but, uh, I, um, yeah, I, I really have not a whole lot to say, but I want to bring up what you mentioned, um, which I assume means, uh, that you the anton suicide well yeah there are two parts because when i initially said that it was about something else and then i remembered him falling out of the window he does it on purpose but he doesn't jump because he like has his back out the window and falls that way yeah which was shocking and jarring for sure yeah um because it's anton and i cared more about that than the the actual character he's playing but um that definitely happened because when he goes to Riley Keough's house, which is his sister, he takes off his shirt and you see like the big bruise oh, on his back. Okay. See, I didn't know if he died then because they kept like, it kept seeming like things happened and then they didn't happen. And then cause mm-hmm. I, it, I don't know. It was like, Oh, he died. Cause he was not moving when he fell out of the window and the guy looked yeah, out the no. window. He definitely looked dead, and it was like it's a two-story window, so it, it seemed likely, especially because he went back first, that he would like cracked his head open or something, and that yeah. didn't appear, appear to happen. Um, didn't he watch the lobster? Well, and then so the movie has this thing where um, he dies. Every uh, he dies, Riley Keough dies. Her boyfriend, I think, dies, or the Uber driver, or well, a taxi driver, whatever it's supposed to be, dies. They fall through the bridge or whatever, and then somehow Caitlin Dever like travels back in time I guess and like changes a couple of things about the day and like blocks off the bridge and then they don't die 
I guess that's what we're supposed to understand. Um, and then like Catherine Keener is a lesbian, but not a lesbian with Maya Rudolph and Maya Rudolph's married though. So that's unclear. And like, I, I feel like at one point they were hinting that there was a relationship, but then they were saying there wasn't a relationship, but then we see them kiss, but it seems like it's the first time they kiss. And yet at the same time, I don't know. Molly Shannon's therapist character is ridiculous. I'm I, a I, doctor. Yeah. And man, um, I guess I didn't put anything. Yeah. I didn't make any notes, but when I was watching it, I was flabbergasted at least three times at things that Molly Shannon's therapist said. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I love and, and the mother just has no control over anything. No one even cares what she says. Are you yeah. taking your medicine? She's not taking her medicine, one of the older sisters says. Well, what am I going to do about it? Yep, yep. And the Boy. older sister who just shows up out of nowhere and has, like, almost nothing to do and is acting all, like, high and mighty, but apparently has nothing going on in her life at all. But like, apparently we heard that she's the most well-adjusted out of all of them. Yeah, apparently, but I, I don't feel like that's shown in any so, way. Other than she seems to be, like, quote-unquote, together, but she's also not together, so... Well, so pretty horrible that um, we end up finding out from the daughter, Lily, reading the diary that Elisa yes. was molested or something. Okay, so I don't think so. I think Anton's character, Maxwell, was molested and she knew about it. Oh my god, they that, made it, it, to me, it seemed like first her and then him. I think the movie, oh, okay, that would also make sense. But I was under the impression that she knew and kept it a secret. And not because she she was, like, protecting him, he didn't want people to know, because he's he is gay now, but he still seems to be closeted to a degree, um, or at least ashamed of it, which is, like, not really, not, none of the things they bring up really ever get explored. Yeah, there's um, no, in a real way. everything's mentioned in passing. Yeah, yes, right? Everything has this kind of, like, like dreamlike quality of and distance. That, like, I feel like they were trying to make it seem dreamlike, but I don't feel like they did a very good job, like, getting that across at I all. I, I think this movie would have been better if it was only from Caitlin Dever's perspective, too. Because, like, we bounce around a lot, yet it everything is filtered through her knowledge, which doesn't make sense that we're seeing the other things. Because it feels like whatever she knows is all we know. Because she even has like narration, right? Like, yeah. And yet we do this third person omniscient type thing where we bounce over to see what's Maxwell up to and what's what's Nancy oh, yeah. doing with with Maya Rudolph and is that Elisa's like, house? Yeah, I, I just I feel like that's where the movie really goes astray because it's not no one else's narration. It's only Dever's narration. Um, we don't hear internal monologues from other characters. Uh, we do see some things that feels like it could be, and I think that's extra confusing because Delver. Dever, excuse me, um, when she's talking about the journal of Elisa, mentions time travel at one point. Yeah. And then well, appears to do it later, but I don't fully understand how or why or what, how, like, how she was able to put that together. Something about crawling through a tree, like, and that's why she's dirty in her bed that night. Didn't fully get any of that. Uh, no. No. Uh, what really bummed me out is um, there was a movie I saw at South by uh, when I went two years ago called Sadie. And it's directed by Megan Griffiths, and she's a producer on this movie. I was like, oh, Megan, no. Like, uh, I really like Sadie a lot. And she's done some other uh, – well, I guess she's only – I'm sorry. She's a producer on two things. She's directed a few other things, but I've only seen Sadie. But I really like Sadie. 
Um, and apparently she's worked with this director before because she's also uh, she directed Lucky Them and he produced that. Oh, Tony Collette's in that. Oh, I have to watch that movie. Um, on the radar. Oh, I'm definitely gonna watch that. It looks like a music thing. We got Tony Collette, Thomas Hayden Church, Oliver Platt. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch that one. See, I like Megan Griffiths, but maybe it was like returning a favor to a friend who helped her get her movie made, and then like this schlock came out, and it's again such a shame because i really really like this cast and i i went into this hopeful but i mean clearly most people haven't even heard of this movie apparently and the people who have seem torn on it i i do think it doesn't do what i often like a movie i I am very story-based i do not need a story for a movie to be great i don't think this one succeeds because i feel like it's trying to be story-based i I don't know what it's trying to do yeah, I think that's a better way of saying it. Yeah, it, it just it feels like it's trying to be everything and thus failing to be anything. And that was disappointing. 100 percent. Right. I, I got nothing else. Um, I, I got really nothing I want to like. I wish there was something I could like. Well, at least this. And I don't and really I don't, have that for this. No, because I, I don't even feel I feel like Maya Rudolph was fine in this, but I felt like it just made her kind of stick out like a sore thumb because yeah there i don't know oh and then she has the oh we didn't even talk about she changed the time or something lily did and then she goes back and carrie yule yulis whatever Elvis, yeah Elvis. Yeah. um he ends up being the one who falls through the bridge instead oh yeah and then the mom goes home after she finds out who he is because at this point she's found out is his name hank I had something like that. You no, know, Frank Harper. Frank uh, Harper, that's it. She's found out what he's done to one, maybe two of her children. We're not really sure. And gets her gun and goes back and shoots him. Yep. Like, and then why, they all sit and watch the boat at the end. Where were they going? Because they all have one piece of luggage. Yeah, I don't know. And that was I'm like, like the rich. beginning of the movie too, right? Like that Sell was where house. we started. And there's yeah. a dog all of a sudden that I don't feel like we saw all like the whole film maybe i'm wrong i mean rich people really have dogs right and i guess poor. they're rich like that's the other thing like it's not really clear how rich they are but they definitely have some money and yeah i don't know i i feel like there's too much plot and story for it not to want me to care about the story but i also feel like the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's not structured in a way that is easy to follow in a way that's rewarding to follow um, it's not really a mystery, but yet it has these mysterious elements that we can't, you know, explain. It's um, also some... a mystery. My favorite is it really? Wow. Uh, my favorite <laughs> uh, aspect of the movie was the Riley Keough singing part. Though, like, I thought it was really cool, stylized. I like the the close up. Um, I know. I get it's it's a preference of whether you like it or not. Well, I mean... no. Then they okay. So, have you heard of the band Churches? I really dislike that band. Her okay. voice makes me want to like peel my skin off. The music is awful. And then it's like I watched this awful movie and then that's what they end the movie with. They spent like all their oh. budget on this stupid ugh, trying not to drop the F bomb. Stupid song that's just awful. And on the cast, and we didn't even utilize the cast. True. Sorry. No, no. I think I, like, I really? didn't dislike the song as much as you, but I also didn't know the song ahead of time. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that song before. It's like, oh my God. And I say Chiverches because they're so bad. And that's the song what she was, um, she sings. 
I don't know because oh, it it wasn't her singing. I don't know if it's the same song. It sounds way different. They they're I'm gonna sound old, but they're too loud and they have too many instruments going on, and it just sounds like a shit show of gotcha loudness. And then her voice comes in and ugh. Yeah, no, I know bands like that that just feel like they have too much going on. I totally get that complaint. Um, okay, well, that's I think our review of uh, we don't belong here, right? That's what it's called. Um, and I guess Corey, it, the title says it all, right? We didn't belong there, and it's um, good that we're finally out of it. Um, luckily for us, we've got one more movie, and it's it's actually got a pretty positive rating uh, for a movie that neither of us have seen before. We deserve it, and again. It, a really really good cast um <sighs> because it is uh felicity jones with anton yelchin it's a rom-com which i tend to oh, love yeah. um i think was it just crazy just oh, like crazy like crazy that's what it is um and also it does have jennifer lawrence who i tend to not like but in the right role i do enjoy her uh so hopefully this movie has used her correctly um it's directed by drake doramos uh, or Doremus. I've not seen any of his other films. Doesn't have too many other ones. Oh, I lied. I have seen one of his films and I hated it. Um, it was Zoe. Uh, it was the Ewan McGregor, um, Leia Sadeau movie with Rashida Jones, um, where he like makes a robot clone thing and it like tries to be, uh, like a sci fi movie, but it sucks. Apparently, I'm not the only one. It has a 2.7 on Letterboxd. Most of the other critics also did not enjoy Zoe. Um, hopefully, like crazy which has a 3.3 average rating on letterbox and a lot more positive things overall um so hopefully this movie is more straightforward because i don't think he was good at sci-fi uh benefit for you Corey. it's a 90 minute movie on the dot <laughs> Perfect. The, pre- the tagline for this movie is i want you i need you i love you i miss you um and the God, synopsis reads right a british college student falls for an american student only to be separated from him when she's banned from the u.s after overstaying her visa that is a pretty complicated sentence for something that is pretty straightforward um wow anyways that's what we're gonna be watching uh for our final episode of love antosha um, we want to give another shout out to anton yelchin official.com um i think that's what the website is and uh you know thank them for cross-promoting um if you haven't seen uh, the documentary Love Antosha, that's what inspired this. Um, for what uh, this movie, We Don't Belong Here, we will um, quickly, I think I think people can probably guess what our rating is, but let's do it anyways. Corey, <laughs> where I, would you rate it? I know that I've, I'm more, you know, whatever with this rating than you are, but I'm going to go with The Void Like the Plague. I can't think of really anything good here. I, I agree. I, I don't I rarely use the avoid like the plague rating because most movies are have some redeeming element. I, I really don't think there is. Um, if you're like us and you're just checking off the Anton filmography, that's a reason, I guess. But it, it's it's man for Anton Yelchin's last movie. It is really disappointing because I don't think he got to do anything. It was just like, hey, be mopey and sad. Fall out of window. Yep, and yeah, that that scene is intense. Like when he fell out the window, I was I jumped. I was like, "Oh my god," you know. But at the same time, that's it happened early enough too that I was still kind of invested. So like maybe yeah. this will get interesting, and then it didn't get interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, super disappointing. Um, for this movie, and I, I hate that. I I really would have preferred to love all of the movies for this month because I love Antosha. Um, so I would have rather it not been negative. But hey, you know what? We're not gonna 
curb our opinions of a film just because we love an actor. There's definitely other actors who I adore who've done movies that I can't stand. It doesn't make me like the actor any less, um, but it does you know, make me dislike this particular film. So we'll be back next week with Like Crazy. Uh, Corey, you have anything else to say before we sign out? No. Have a good week, everyone. Then until next time, folks, um, follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey Arstar, two hours on the end. That's Instagram, Twitter, and for me, Letterboxd. Corey has a Letterboxd. She just doesn't use it. Um, and uh, check out BurkeReviews.com for all of the reviews. I have some stuff posting this week from movies that came out uh, two weeks ago. Um, I have both uh, the Rhythm section and the Gentleman reviews coming out. And then I'll have my review of Birds of Prey in the near future as well. So keep a lookout for those. Um, with any luck, I'll be covering at least one or two film festivals in our local area and maybe back to New York this year. Who knows? Uh, but until next time, folks, remember, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.